Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Flawed and Free. We are closing out our workplace warfare series. This is the final week of our four-week series to workplace warfare. So this week's title is called Praying Through Persecution. But before we go any further, let's invite the Holy Spirit in with us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you, God. We thank you for this communion and time that we have before you. We thank you for the platform that you have given us to speak the word of God. God, I pray, God, that none of me shows up but all of you and that whatever it is that you desire for your people to receive from this word that you are given, that they receive it freely and that they are able to use it for their walk and that it is edifying and glorifying to you. We thank you again. In Jesus' name we pray. So moving on, for those of you who may be coming for the first time, welcome. I am glad that you are here. My name is Tina and I am the warrior princess. I am a deliverance minister, a spiritual warfare strategist, and a prophetic intercessor. I host this podcast and this is where we set the captives free by equipping you to conquer your spiritual Goliath through deliverance and spiritual warfare. So today's topic is praying through persecution. And we are going to talk about a number of things. But first, what is persecution? Persecution is the hatred and affliction that follows the witness of God's people in a hostile world. We are not new to this. We are definitely true to this. This is nothing new. The disciples and the followers of Christ Jesus, they also experienced great amounts of persecution as they followed Christ. And so as we move forward into our callings and into the things of God in discipleship and kingdom building, we must expect that we will also experience varying degrees of persecution as well. But the good thing is we are not on this walk alone. We are protected by God. So though it should be expected, we know that we are protected. So the idea of the coming of the Messiah held that the suffering of God's people was part of the coming of the kingdom which is evidence that a person is truly one of God's own. And I know you're thinking, this just doesn't sound right just to be lied on and talked about and drugged through the mud because of our beliefs and because we are followers of Christ Jesus. This must mean that we've done something wrong. But no, this actually shows our kingdom badge, right? It shows our kingdom presence because this is the evidence that we are truly one of God's own. And the word of God says that, that not only will we as disciples of Christ experience this, that the prophets of God were also faced with persecution in the Bible. Elijah, Jeremiah, Daniel, they were all met with challenges and they were all met with opposition as they prophesied and as they followed Christ and discipled and to build the kingdom, they were also crucified and persecuted and just they met major challenges. And in their time, it's probably worse, if not 
just as bad as it is even for us. So we're not exempt. The prophets weren't exempt. We are not exempt. We must expect some sort of degree of persecution in our walk for the Lord. But we should also know that we're still protected even so. So Matthew 5 and 10, I read from 5, 10 through 12 is where some of the initial scripture we're going to talk about today. So I'm reading out of my NLT version and I always go back and forth between several versions because I study out of three Bibles. But for the sake of those, regardless of where you are on the spectrum of spiritual maturity, I try to read on the podcast a lot out of the NLT just because it's just a little bit more straightforward. But if you would like a study Bible or a reference Bible to use, I have one that I absolutely love. Go check it out. It's in my episode show notes description and you can click the link to purchase if you would like to follow along with this episode and future episodes, because we will always be referencing the word of God. So back to our first reference for this podcast is Matthew 5 and 10. So 5 and 10 says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So our kingdomship, our partnership in heaven, actually it's ours, right? And our reward is in heaven. So though we may be persecuted in the earth, we're not looking for natural earthly understanding or reward from the people that are around us because our kingdomship, our partnership, our rewards are in heaven. So though we may be persecuted for doing what's right, our rewards are still in heaven. So we must continue to always do what is right. So verse 11 says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you, and lie about you, and say all sorts of evil things against you, because you are my followers. Did y'all hear that? He said that God still blesses you. So though they may mock you, though they may talk about you, and lie on you, and persecute you, and say evil things, that no matter what, God is still going to bless you because you are a follower of Christ Jesus. That promise alone should be enough to keep you encouraged when you are meeting opposition and people are coming up against you in and even outside of your job. But because we're speaking on workplace warfare and the degree of demonic persecution and oppression that happens in these settings, Just know that no matter what, God will continue to bless you if you do what's right. Your reward is in heaven and that he will bless you no matter what they say, no matter what they do, and that we should expect it, but we're still protected because we are one of his followers. So moving on to verse 12, verse 12 says, be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were also persecuted in the same way. And so I know it may seem strange to consider it a badge of honor, but depends on how you look at it. It is somewhat of a badge of honor because it's the evidence of who we are. It's the evidence of who we follow in Christ, but we don't have to worry about what comes of the lies or the persecution because God has promised us in verse 11 that no matter the lie, no matter the oppression, no matter the mocking, no matter what, that he blesses us. 
And so that is reassuring and encouraging all in itself to know that we are not in this battle alone. We are not in this fight alone. God fights our battles for us. He is all-knowing. He sees everything. So even when we think no one sees and no one understands where we are or what's going on, God knows he sees all and he will still bless you despite what they do. So persecution, what does it do? It's not designed to hinder us or delay us or block us. Anything that's hindering or blocking or delaying, distracting is demonic. And so though we may experience demonic warfare and attacks, and they may be allowed by God because nothing happens that he doesn't know about that he's not aware of, but persecution actually is not only the evidence of who we are, but it helps us to strengthen our faith. It helps us to build the ability to endure and to persevere. And we need to build our spiritual stamina and characters. We need to be able to arise and walk in the authority of Christ when battles and things come up against us. It builds our faith. It builds our character. And as we grow spiritually, we should be strengthening our spiritual muscles. We shouldn't still be lifting two and three pound weights. We should be graduating up to five, 10 and 15 pound of spiritual weights. And how do you do that? You have to go through the fire. You have to meet opposition. You have to knuckle up in the spirit and fight back. And you have to allow the thing that sometimes we want to run away from to build us and mature us and strengthen our faith. So that's a great segue into our fight back segment. And so every podcast we talk about something that someone has experienced or a testimony that they have where they have had to fight back in the spirit, maybe in their workplace or in their personal spaces. And so for this week, my personal testimony, COVID-19 continues to very closely stricken my family and some of my family members that I love very dearly are actually fighting a battle, but the Lord has already defeated the enemy. And so I'm just continuing to fight back in the spirit and to believe God and have faith in God that my family member will be released from the hospital and that they will recover speedily. And so I will not succumb to the pressure of the enemy because I know that he is already defeated and that there is nothing that he can do. Some of his care has been escalated to the ICU and he is now warring and we are warring as well in intercession for his speedy recovery back home. So I will keep you all posted as the Lord reveals and moves as we know him to do. And so the travail in the spirit that I experienced initially coming against the devil has lifted. It has lifted. So I believe God and I'm trusting and walking in faith that he will do all that he said he was going to do and that his perfect will shall prevail. So keep me in your prayers, y'all. And as usual, we have our Thursday night tea and testimony with Tina, and we discuss every week's podcast with Q&A questions and anything else that people want to ask about the podcast 
or just spiritual questions and things that you have. So a lot of the fight back questions that I do receive from listeners, I actually discuss in the tea and testimony, but sometimes I will bring them here to share with you all if it's something more specific that you guys want to listen or know about. So back to persecution and what it does, it strengthens our faith and it helps us to build our perseverance and our ability to endure. And so the fact that you are being persecuted, it just proves that you are faithful because faithless people go unnoticed. Because there's no need to have a testimony or to walk in faith if you're not experiencing some sort of hardship or warfare. Sometimes it's your story, it's your pain that actually helps people to identify and understand even where they are in their walk. And so people are watching and people are seeing like, wait, this is somebody that claims to know God and follow Jesus and I see them reading and praying and ministering, you know, how are they getting through their trials and tribulations? How are they getting through the Jesus that they speak of, you know, that is their redeemer and that restores them and helps and supports them? Where is their Jesus? Where is their God? And so sometimes it's your faith that helps somebody else see how to get through their situation and how to build their own faith and their own walk. And so that's why it's important to sometimes God will allow a situation in your life because he will give you the strength that you need to persevere, to endure, because it's people watching that need your faith in order to build theirs. They need to see how you got through in order for them to trust God. For some, it may not take much. For others, it may take a whole lot. And so nobody understands persecution and understanding what it feels like to be lied on and talked about and for no reason at all, right? Just for no apparent reason. But when you're very clear in the God that you serve and the walk that you walk and the Holy Spirit is speaking and advising and giving you guidance and direction, then yeah, you're not lost. Before I left my job, my job, I went through great degrees of warfare that I was dealing with a Jezebel spirit, so much so that I actually would see the demonic manifestations in some of our one-to-one meetings where I had to really strategically pray before the meetings because it didn't matter what was said or what was going on. I could just see the demonic presence. And I was not afraid because I knew that the Lord was with me, but he revealed to me a number of things about my boss at the time, which this is higher level leadership, right? This is top ranking, you know, organizational administrative structures that run the hospital. So this isn't like, it was like, oh, let me go tell their boss. (laughs) There's really nobody over them. They were running the hospital more or less in many, many departments. So on the hierarchy of structure, they were definitely at the top of the food chain. And so there was an instance where it just seemed like 
there was more than it seemed like. (laughs) There was a lot of nitpicking and just things just made up. I was given tasks to do that no one else was given to do. Working late, just all type of things that just kind of weren't in the job description that were added. And then when they didn't like and I would do well at it, you know, I do well, then they'd give me something else. Okay, now do this. Okay, now do that. Okay, you didn't do this the way that I wanted. And then I would try to collaborate with them and they were too busy and then they couldn't do it or they didn't have time to explain what they meant. Just a lot of game playing, a lot of game playing. And so it was very challenging for me. I had to fast a lot, which I did. And I remember one time in prayer when I'm like, okay, Lord, I have done everything you've told me to do. And I've done everything that they tell me to do. And I've come in early. I'm staying late. I'm doing more work than my job title requires and is requested of me. And no matter what, they're still trying to find a way to punish or to just find something. And it seems like they couldn't find anything because I walked upright. I mean, I hardly even took lunch breaks or anything. I would just work through my day. So like no matter what, they just couldn't find anything. So they decided to come up with a complete lie and put it in writing and said that I was being not belligerent. I can't even remember now. It was, what was it? I don't know. It was Oh, God, that doesn't totally just erase from my memory. But it was a lie. (laughs) Nonetheless, it was a lie. And it was actually an attack of my character because it was saying something like I was being rude. I think it was like being rude or something or something. And I was like, what is this? And what are you talking about? And I was like, I've never heard of this. Like, what are you talking about? Like, mind you, I've done nothing but like ministry and work. I have had time to do nothing but that. I spend many, many days and hours in the stairwells praying for people, outside praying for people, in hospital rooms praying for people, anointing the COVID hallways and praying in the spirit. And, you know, so my day was full between the ministry work and my natural work. Your girl ain't got time to do anything outside of that. So I do remember it was like a makeup write-up that they were trying to make up. And I went to my boss and I said, this is not accurate nor correct. And this is a blatant lie. And she was trying to get me to sign it. And I said, I'm sorry, I cannot sign this because this is not true in no way, shape, fashion, or form. And she just kind of looked at me and like, she was just like, how dare you even bring this back in here to me, you know? And I said, I would like for you to explain where this came from. And, you know, because it's not, you know, it's not true. So there's no way I could sign this paperwork because this never happened. (laughs) And she just looked at me and you could just see the hairs just curl up off of her neck. Jezebel was so mad and she was like, well, you know, you can write a rebuttal, so to speak, or whatever her words that she used and just excuse me out of her office, just wave me out, like get out because she didn't have an answer, right? There was no explanation or answer. So she just kind of like waved me out, like get out. And I said, no problem. 
you know, hey, this is your space, not a problem. She says, and you can give it back to me. So I said, no, I, I didn't tell her this, but I'm like, no, I won't be doing that. So I went to my desk and I wrote a five page, probably about five pages worth of mess and not being messy, um, just pretty much just facts, just pure facts, just on what was going on in the setting of the workplace, um, what I was experiencing, just pure facts. And I submitted them to human resources with a request for investigation because, you know, in my opinion, it was a slander to character. And then to go as far as to try to get me to come into agreement with your lie and get me to sign off on it. I thought it was the craziest thing. I was like, these people, oh my God. I've heard of natural occurrences like this. Friends, family, yeah, so-and-so said this and oh, they lied or they stretched the truth. No, y'all, this was a straight up blatant, you just didn't pull this up out of the sky. Like this doesn't even belong to me. And I'm like, is this supposed to be for me? Like, what? I don't understand what this is or where it came from. So, you know, they go through all of their quote unquote logistics as if they're trying to get to the bottom of it, which is not necessarily the truth. But you got to go through the flaming hoop. So I put it at the Lord's feet. I said, Lord, you know exactly what this is. You know, the people that are involved, you know, everything that there is to know about this. And so therefore, this is my hands. And there is nothing I can do about this, but you have all the power. So I continued. I went and I fast all the time, but I went into a major, major fast. I mean, one of the longest fasts I've ever went in in a long time. And I told God I wasn't coming out of the fast until he broke some things through and revealed some things to me. But yet he made it very, very clear Over the time of this, I ended up fasting for seven days. He released me around the seventh day and he laid it out for me. He told me who was involved, even some hidden people. So apparently my boss was just being puppeteered, (laughs) which is why she didn't have much of an answer, right? She was being puppeteered and following instructions to keep her job. And so God had exposed the hidden enemy, the real enemy behind everything. And though she was a part of it, a great part of it, there was also some underlying things that was happening that I was completely unaware of that God revealed. Then he went as far as to have me to pray for her. And let me tell y'all, this woman gave me the entire blues, the best she possibly could. But she was really limited in her ability to come against me. It was more in her tone because I had taken full authority over the space, anointed her door, the hallways, the bed. So every time she would try, she'd be stopped. She'd be stopped. She was able to stop my prayer over my meetings. She was able to, you know, stop the prayer. But beyond that, Everything she tried failed. And I think that's just, it frustrated her more and more and more because everything she tried, it just failed. And I could just see it. And not only did I see it, 
I didn't say a word to anyone around me in my workspace or anything because I had to let God be God. I couldn't let anything or anyone get any gossip or anything going on that they could use. I had to let them see the enemy at work. And they did. They did. And there's more to that to come. But long story short, the enemy exposed those that were hidden. And then after he exposed those were hidden, God gave me a strategy and a plan to persevere this time and to get through the persecution that I was experiencing. And so long story short, the HR department, of course, were not able to substantiate the lie. And so they used all these character witnesses throughout the hospital. Mind you, I'm in every crack and crevice of the hospital because I talk to you no matter where you are, as high as you are and as low as you are. And so they had people from housekeeping all the way to the president that ran the hospital and even at other divisions and hospitals that knew my work, my work ethic and character. And they went and did their quote unquote investigation, came back with their tails tucked between their legs and took the paperwork away. Well, you know, as if they were doing me a favor, like, oh, yeah, we took care of this. And I'm like, no, it wasn't ever supposed to be there. (laughs) So you reconcile the situation that was done wrongly. And so, no, you didn't necessarily do me any favors, but thank you anyway. But I knew that the Lord was fighting and warring on my behalf and I had to give it to him. I had to lay it at his feet and not worry about what it looked like to myself or to people or anyone that they might have interviewed or investigated. I just literally had to leave it with him and he took care of it. But where it took a turn was when God asked me to pray for the young lady I'm speaking of, my VP. So he had me to pray for her and he gave me some words of knowledge, actually. He gave me some things about her personally and showed me some things about her personally that really gave me a different perspective in my heart. And I know it sounds crazy because it's like, pray for the person that's persecuting you? You have got to be kidding me. And I am not going to lie. When I was first getting the instruction from God, he met a little resistance for me. Not much because I wanted to walk in full and complete obedience. And I knew that my obedience was eminently imperative in the situation and in the environment that I had to endure in this season. And so I didn't tussle with him long, but I was like, Lord, are you serious? Like, I hate to hear this about her life, but can it be somebody else to pray for her? Because I just can't. And he was like, do it. (laughs) So I did. And he asked me on more than one occasion to intercede and pray for her and for some of the things that he had revealed to me personally about her life. And so I remember the first prayer was more out of obedience and there was some resistance. When he called me to pray for her again, I remember this prayer because I was in my car and I felt the grieving of the Holy Spirit and the instruction came quickly. And he was like, pray now, pray now, pray now. And I'm like, I'm driving. I'll pray when I get home. No, pray now. And I started praying 
And when I tell you, I had to literally pull my car over. I was in full blown tears and the Holy Spirit was just moving in this prayer for her. And I still to this day don't know exactly what that particular, you know, prayer was about, even as I prayed into the spirit, but I was being obedient and doing what God had asked me to do. And so praying for those who persecute you and praying through persecution, when I tell you, it took me to a whole new level spiritually. It's one thing to pray for those that hurt you and harm you and those that you're trying to forgive. But man, this was a really rough time for me in my workspace. And so I thank God because it definitely strengthened my faith. It definitely just took me to a whole new level spiritually to be able to pray for those, pray for those that mean you no good, that mean you no harm. And it's easy to pray for those that love you, but it's a whole nother thing when you start praying for those that have hurt you or harmed you and literally trying to destroy your livelihood. And I remember feeling physically, this woman is trying to destroy me. She is trying to destroy my character. She is trying to destroy my livelihood. I'm a single mom with two kids. She's trying to take my, you know, all the years I've built, you know, my reputation. When I tell you, God had to deal with all of that. My pride, my ego. He continued to humble me in full humility. And I grew like no other. So this takes me into 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and 10. So 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. So 2 Corinthians 12, 10 says, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so in Corinthians, Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth and Paul is trying to encourage them to persevere through the trials that they are facing. He's trying to encourage and empower them to lean into God because God's grace is sufficient for everything that we need. And in our weaknesses is where God is the strongest. Where we are weak, that's when he can show up in our lives. And so that scripture is there for encouragement, to encourage us that as we are going through the fiery trials of life, with the things that we are facing that just seem like giants and Goliath situations and seasons that we are to lean in on God and he will step in on our behalf and he will give us the strength that we need, right? He will give us. So this scripture also speaks and is speaking to a couple of verses before about a thorn in Paul's flesh. Paul speaks about this thorn in his flesh, which we are still unaware of what it is, this thorn in his flesh that Second Corinthians speaks of, talking about Paul. There's a thorn in his flesh that he's speaking of. And we do know that in this time, he was experiencing great hardship and hindrances in his ministry. And he prayed to God for its removal, but God allowed it, right? 
And Paul wasn't a weak Christian, so his hardships must have been great for him to pray for God to remove the thorn in his flesh. Paul prayed three times and he did not receive relief from the thorn in his flesh. But may I add that he did receive a greater gift, which is more grace from God, deeper faith and building of his character and building of his character. So sometimes we're going through trials, we're being persecuted, and we're praying to God. And it seems like no matter what, this thing keeps circling back and punching us in the face, circling back and punching us in the face, circling back. And you're like, God, I have prayed. I've done nothing wrong. It seems like no matter what I do, it just won't go away. And so God is like, you know, I am your strength. I will give you the ability to endure and persevere. I need you to lean into me, give it to me, because in your weaknesses, I can then step in and be your strength. And so while you're going through the fire, right, don't run from the fiery trials. Don't run from the moments of tribulation because this is how you build your character. This is how you strengthen those spiritual muscles. And you go from lifting one pound and two pound weights in the spirit to three pound, five pound weights in the spirit to five pound, 10 pounds in the spirit. As you've heard people say, new levels, new devils, new levels, new devils. God is trying to advance you. God is trying to promote you. God is trying to elevate you, but he can't elevate you and move you forward into the next space of your life because there's some bigger demons. There's some bigger stronghold. There's some bigger things that you have to come up against and you have to have the right tools and you have to be equipped to operate and to be successful in those new levels. So he will allow a thing. He will allow a thing on just like he did with Paul, right? Paul prayed three times. And no matter what, he said, Lord, please take this thing out of my flesh. Like my flesh is hurting. Remove it. So I don't know if this was a physical ailment or if this was spiritual or both, but whatever it was, it was enough to bring Paul and all of his strength to his knees in prayer for God to remove it. But what he did receive was a greater degree of grace and a deeper degree of faith, and it definitely built his character. And that's what God is seeking and desiring to do into each of our lives. So as we are praying through persecution, we are seeking for God to show us how to protect us. He's protecting us from pride, right? These fiery trials and sometimes the time of endurance is used out of protection. And what we think is meant to harm us is really meant for our good. What's meant for our harm turns around for our good because it's that thing that he's that he's desiring for you to go through to protect you from pride and to keep you humble. I've never learned such humility. If it weren't from that situation, I thought I was humble before. Man, that took me to a whole nother degree of humility. The situation that I went through at my job, it took me to a whole nother degree of humility because I was 
dealing with some pride. There was some residual and remnants of pride that I dealt with in my career and my ability to just thrive and do well. I had this fantastic resume that I built over the 20 years. And, you know, I didn't look at all that God had allowed I knew he was present. I knew he assisted me, but there was still some remnant and residual of pride. And that was quickly removed in this situation at that job. And I thank God because there's no way I could have moved forward in ministry into God's purpose with any residual or remnants of pride. And so I've been delivered from that. Glory be to God. But when we are puffed up in our own abilities and strengths and resources, we tend to do things on our own without God's help. We're like, you know what? I built this. I got this. I did this. I went to school. I got this degree. My, you know, I, 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 right? And so we get puffed up and we forget who the real source is of our help and strength. We forget how we got the resources and the homes and the cars and the jobs and the career. We forget. And so we tend not to seek God for the things that he desires of our life. And we tend to make our own decisions and move ahead of him and not seek his assistance at all. And this is not the way that God wants us to live our lives. So when we allow ourselves to lean into God and lay our weaknesses, our fears, our insecurities, all opposing situations at his feet, That shows the Lord that we trust him to fight our battles, to be filled with his power because his power is greater than our own. So when we lean in and lay it down, that's where God shows up and shows out. And it shows him that we trust him to be filled with his power. Glory be to God. We can then receive what he has, and we can then walk out the supernatural strengths that only God can give. So I want you guys to remember that God's goal is never for us to be weak. It is never for us to be weary. It is never for us to be unfruitful and unproductive. Life has plenty of opposition and hindrances. The intended purpose of God's work in our life is for us to trust and depend on him and receive his abundant grace to overcome the obstacles in our life. Glory be to God. I thank you guys for visiting with me this week. I want to close out today in prayer so that I can help empower and strengthen you, all of you out there that are maybe struggling in your workplace or even in your personal spaces with something that's going on in your life. So let's come together in agreement and pray before the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we forgive God any church, any corporation, any jobs, any person or organization for anything wrong that he or she or any church corporation, any one of any job, anything that you name has ever said or done any unforgiveness or grudges toward us for our families. God, we pray, God, that you bless them, that you bless those organizations, that you bless those corporations, that you bless those churches or anyone that has come to oppose, hurt or harm the people of God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
God, we ask you, Lord, to forgive them, to bless them in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, show them, show them that your mercy and loving kindness teach them that you have done these things for us in our lives and that you will receive all of the glory and we will not withhold or keep anything from what you have called us to do in our lives, that we will not stop ourselves from receiving the fullness of God through bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask you that our life, though it may seem unjust, though it may seem unfair, that the pain of rejection sometimes is almost more than we can bear, that even our past relationships, whether they be collegial, whether they be personal, or whether they be workplace relationships, that sometimes they have ended in strife and they have ended in anger and rejection and resentment and bitterness. Father God, help us to let go of all the bitterness and resentment, for you are the one who binds up and heals the brokenhearted. We receive your anointing that breaks and destroys every yoke of bondage. We receive emotional healing by faith, according to your word in Isaiah 53 and 5. And with his stripes, we are healed. So we thank you for giving us the grace to stand firm until the process is complete. Glory be to God. We thank you for the wise counselor. We acknowledge the Holy Spirit as our wonderful counselor. We thank you for helping us work out our salvation with fear and trembling. For it is you, Father God, who works in us to will and to act according to your good purpose. God, we choose God to forgive those who have wronged us. We choose to live a life of forgiveness because you have forgiven us. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we get rid of all resentment, bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, misunderstanding, and slander. Along with every form of malice, we desire to be kind and passionate to others forgiving them just as in Christ has forgiven us. With the help of the Holy Spirit, oh God, we thank you, God, that we make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. We thank you, God, that no roots of resentment or bitterness grow up within us to cause any further harm or trouble. We ask, God, that we watch and pray, God, that nothing shall enter or tempt us, God, or cause us to stumble. God, we thank you that you watch over your word to perform it and that the word who the son has set free is truly free indeed. And we declare that we have overcome unforgiveness, resentment and bitterness in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I pray that you all have come into agreement with that prayer as we close out our workplace warfare series. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys next week. As I start a new episode for next week, I'm praying about the direction for next week. God has given me a list of things to discuss and talk about. And so I'm really excited to see what he chooses for you all. But God bless you. God keep you. You may follow me on IG at The Flawed and Free, or you can go visit my website at TheFlawedAndFree.com. And I'm so grateful for you freedom fighters out there. Keep fighting the good fight and God bless. <laughs>